Hey guys, what's up? I'm Yarel Ramos. And I'm Jessica Molina. We all have those weight hold up moments in life. Those times where our perspective shifts and our hustle changes as a result. Each week, tune in as we chat with a new guest who's on their grind and learn the pivotal moments that shape their journey. And when we're not chatting with a guest, Jess and I will dig into the latest weight hold up moments happening in politics and pop culture. You're listening to Weight Hold, hold Up. up. Welcome back to Weight Holds Up. How's it going, Jess? I'm feeling great. I've got my mom coming into town. Oh, soon, nice! So I'm really excited about that. Um, are you guys gonna do anything? Oh yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna take her all around Southern California. You know, I gotta, I gotta treat mom to like that life that makes her right. feel like she wants to move over here and start taking a lot of right. care of me. Next time I see her, I'm gonna be like, "Mommy Molina's coming to California. She's moving in with you." She's moving in with me, basically, <laughs> basically. Well, you know what's great when my mom comes is that she's always looking through all of my stuff because she knows that sometimes we get like goodies or she's like, "What's the latest thing that you've been talking about on the show?" And so I feel like today's episode is gonna be one of those where I'm like, "Ma, you just gotta listen. Stop asking me questions." Right. Because we have the fabulous Nikeo Kamochi Grico. She is the founder of Nikeo, a collection of prestige skincare products inspired by beauty secrets she discovered through her family, friends, and world travels. She's a first-generation Kenyan-American whose beauty journey started when she was a young girl visiting her grandmother in Kenya. She's now sharing her family's beauty secrets with the world through her brand. Her products are ethically and sustainably sourced ingredients. Nikeo combines cultural traditions with modern, results-driven formulas. And we're so excited to have you oh, here. Oh, thank no. you. I'm so excited to be here. And she's a boss lady, oh, which yeah. we're all about. Oh, yes. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Well, you two are too, so I'm really, really happy to be thank here. Thank you. Yes. See, well, my mom's got to know I know. <laughs> I think my mom's going to be on it as well, and she's going to be sending me emojis of, like, skincare <laughs> and all these products because she's obsessed with the emojis. Uh, I love Thank it. you so much for being thank here Thank you all us. so much for having and me. And we, I mean, we've both been, like, researching you and looking so uh, info about your brand and everything you're doing. And I must say that I've tried some of your products, oh. and they're amazing. Thank you. Like, really amazing, and we will get to that in a little bit. Okay, great. Well, thank <laughs> um, you. I appreciate that. But first, that. we would love to hear um, a little bit of your story and how you started um, in the beauty and uh, industry. Absolutely, and thanks for the great intro. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, to your point, um, I was born here in the States. I was born in New York, raised in Oklahoma, but I've been out here in California for over 20 years. Um, and as a first-generation American, um, which I'm sure a lot of first-generations can relate to, um, I didn't get to know my grandparents until I was around eight years old when I first went to Kenya. Um, my grandmother was a Kenyan coffee farmer. Her name is Nikeo as well. I was wow. named after her. Um, and she taught me my first beauty secret um, on her farm uh, using Kenyan coffee beans that she would crush at the end of the day, add oils, and she also grew sugarcane to exfoliate her skin. Oh, wow. So as an eight-year-old, as you can imagine, that really stuck with me. And then back here at home, my mother's father was a medicine man. So I knew he had the ability to go out in nature, extract oils to treat the skin and ailments. And as my mom would always choke, you know, even us kids growing up in the village would get pimples and your grandfather always knew exactly what to go find in nature and he would apply it to a leaf and he'd put it on our face and we would sleep with it and we 
we'd wake up and our skin would look so much better. So, you know, all of that, I think, really sort of became part of my DNA. And my parents, um, both educators here in the States, um, were really about research and, and getting to know um, what it is that you're passionate about. So I think that um, really contributed to this beauty journey, as well as just living um, a life, even here in the States as a young girl, with a mom who would put oil on my skin and, and sort of carry over those traditions and, and, you know, explain to me, you know, these ingredients have been used for thousands of years to treat the skin. And even though I was a little kid, she'd say, you know, if you keep doing this to your skin, when you get older, you'll have beautiful skin. So, you know, she does. Y'all are looking at it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's all that oil. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, even though I I went to college to study business and, and moved out to Los Angeles to actually work in the entertainment industry, Um, what I found when I got here is that I liked the representation aspect of working with actresses, but I, what I really liked the most was the fashion and beauty aspect. Mm. And at the time when I was starting this journey in my twenties, what I found very quickly is at the time, the continent of Africa was very underrepresented in prestige beauty, as well as many other countries around the world. And I sort of thought, you know, why is it when we've got these amazing resources and the sophistication of this beautiful continent are, you know, skincare brands not really playing um, in this space um, using these ingredients. And so I decided at the ripe old age of 27 to quit my job and make coffee scrub. That's amazing. Wow. So I want to just backtrack for a second because when you're talking about oils, oils now have really been popping up in in this Mm -hmm. beauty space for the past few years, I would say. Mm -hmm. But I think what a lot of people who are immigrants, first generation, what they experience is this, this sense of what are you doing? Why are you using that? Did you ever have that in your journey? I mean, first of all, Oklahoma, girl. Yeah. <laughs> girl. Right. Definitely. There were a few sleepovers <laughs> where my mom would be like, okay, let's condition your skin and, you know, get out the oils. And my friends would be like, what is your mom putting on your, why are you using oil on your skin? Yeah. And, you know, all I knew was that I was taught that, you know, we're born with oil. Our skin is made up of oils. And as we age, we lose those oils. Mm-hmm. And so we have to feed oil back into our skin. And even when I was going through, you know, sort of those teenage years and those, you know, kind of hormonal differences that you can are visible um, when you look at your skin, I didn't struggle as much as I'd say a lot of the friends that I grew up with in that space because my mom would always say you have to use oil to fight oil. And if your skin is being, you know, very irritable and acting up, quite often it's because it's working too hard to produce its own natural oils. And so we have the ability just to feed oil back into our skin because it knows what to do with it. So, you know, I do it with my own kids. I obviously grew up doing that. My mom had the history of her dad going out in nature and extracting oil. So, you know, when people say, you know, oils are a trend, I'm like, no. They, yeah, they've been yeah. used for thousands of generations, to your point, in many cultures. I mean, Cleopatra used to adorn herself with oils, and she mm-hmm. was the golden goddess. So, you know, having that sort of experience um, and knowledge, you know, I was never afraid of oils. But I understand that there needs to be a lot of education around it because somebody who may be prone to breakouts, et cetera, mm-hmm. irritation in their skin may be afraid of oils. And I always say just patch test and just use a little. Use right. it on your arms. See how your skin reacts, you know. 
um, and see how hydrated and how glowing it can be. And, you know, that's usually a really good test. I love what you mentioned about your grandmother going back to Kenya and, mm-hmm. and getting all these beauty tips from her. I'm sure there, there, there were more, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I had, um, you know, from my grandmother, the Kenyan coffee and, and sugar cane, the use of oils. Uh, my grandfather passed before I got to know him, but having those stories passed down to me from my mom and my family. But, you know, one of the other things that, you know, really exists in the Nikeo brand and why I'm so excited to be here with you both is that we all have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest challenges in moving to Los Angeles after college is I didn't really know anybody here. And so truly my girlfriends have become my family mm-hmm. um, over the last 22 years. And they have a story to tell. They all have different backgrounds. So not only do I celebrate these great beauty secrets that I have for my family, what really um, also sort of ties it all together is the joy I get in celebrating the beauty secrets and, and sourcing ingredients that tie back mm-hmm. to my girlfriend's stories. They love it. They love to be at Ulta mm-hmm. and be like, that product was made because of me. <laughs> um, and, and then also things that I've learned in my travels because, you know, I, I used to travel to Kenya when I was younger. Sometimes we would stop over in Europe. But other than that, you know, all I really knew, I'm a, you know, was an American kid being in the States, going to summer camp. And so one of the things that I've really sort of coveted and treasured in in growing up and, and being able to have my own career, those, you know, moments where I get to see other parts of the world and, and learn um, more beauty cultures, whether it be, you know, from actual experience in a place or discovering a place through someone else's travels. So it's all sort of tied back to you know, being constantly fed beauty secrets. And, and that's what keeps it exciting and, and, you know, why I'm so extremely passionate about doing what I do. I love the idea that your your product, your brand is all about this space of, like, inclusivity and mm-hmm. about, like, about learning about other cultures and learning, learning how other people take care of themselves mm-hmm. and including that. Because I think that we are living in such a time where people, there's so much xenophobia and we're so afraid yes. of the other yeah. mm-hmm. that it's in these subtle spaces that we don't necessarily think can be political, yeah. that things are political. Yeah, and it can bring people right. together. You know, I, I you know, mm-hmm. we've all... Obviously, you know, I started this journey, um, gosh, it's 2018. Um, So 2002 is when I first started as an independent beauty entrepreneur. And, you know, we've gone through elections. We've Mm -hmm. gone through times of crisis all over the world where people are brought together. And one of the greatest things about having a beauty brand is that you don't necessarily have to be political about that inclusivity, right? Mm -hmm. So even if something's going on in a certain part of the world where maybe I source an ingredient from, it's really bringing it to a place of beauty and and enjoying and understanding the resources of that area. Yeah, and embracing them. So so yeah, it's it's actually like, you know, in times where maybe I've been stressed politically or witnessing sadness around the world, it actually kind of motivates me to, mm-hmm. to keep doing the research, to find great ingredients from places that maybe are having a hard time because we ethically and sustainably source these ingredients. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think it was our first uh, episode, Jess, we s- talked about skincare. It was yeah. Pharrell saying that he exfoliates like a madman. Like oh, that's yeah. Street, that's his secret to looking Yeah, so like 12. Great. Yeah, like he's <laughs> Absolutely. Like high in high school. And then how Salma, right? It was yeah. Salma that we talked about it how she said she used a lot of natural products as well and she would use rose water mm-hmm. and coconut um, oil and coconut mm-hmm. oil and as and tying it back to what Jess was mentioning earlier that it's kind of like the new trend mm-hmm. like ooh 
put all these oils and natural things and spray yourself with this and and use that um now that you have your brand and it's been you know you've been working with it for so many years and you've been trying to expose um all these natural ingredients what have you learned Oh, well, I've learned that, um, as you spoke about exfoliation, you know, I've really learned, um, I'd say one of the greatest things that I've learned, you know, even though I had all this knowledge about oils, um, I'm now 45. And so I'd say one of the greatest lessons that I've learned over time is that hydration is the key to younger looking skin. You know, I definitely come from a generation where, for instance, when you wash your face, you feel like your face is clean once it's depleted of all moisture and squeaky and dry. Mm-hmm. And then as you age, and you know, for me, like getting older, having kids, going through even more sort of changes in your body, you realize that dehydration actually will, you know, make you look older and you aren't able to preserve that sort of youthful radiance. Um, Speaking to exfoliation, you know, I knew about exfoliation from my grandmother and, you know, removing dull, dry, you know, skin. But I would often have people say, you know, especially um, with this new, you know, iteration of Nikeo that's just a year old now at Ulta, Um, that women will come up to me and say, you know, I've been using the same makeup for, you know, X, Y, Z. I've been using the same moisturizer for so long and I feel like it's not working. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I'll ask them is, do you exfoliate? Mm -hmm. Because if you're just applying product, applying makeup to skin that needs to be sloughed off, it's going to give you that sort of dullness. And, you know, I always joke because I have a Kenyan coffee face polish as an homage to my grandmother in my line that, you know, quite often when you can just exfoliate and get that dull, dry, you know, flaky skin um, out of the way, then you let the radiance come out. And so it's a really great sort of anti-aging trick without having to, you know, use alternative means. I've definitely experienced that firsthand because I wasn't allowed to wear makeup until mm-hmm. I was 16 Me years neither. old. Me neither. That's an old school. And by the way, my daughter, same and, world. And I must yeah. say, though, I thank my mom now. I'm like, oh, Me thank you so much for taking care of my skin yeah. for yeah. as long as you could. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, mom, if you're listening. Like every now and then, like I'd wait for her to go to work and then I would like get in her makeup drawer, <laughs> yeah. get some mascara out. Out. Of course, like I fell in love with, I used my um, allowance money to go to the drugstore and buy blue mascara. Blue mascara was oh big in gosh. the 80s, which obviously does not match my skin tone <laughs> at all. And I would like put all this blue mascara on and then I would have to like race home before my mom got home from work and wash it. And I'm not encouraging any young listeners to do that. <laughs> don't disobey your mom. Don't Please disobey don't do your mom. She <laughs> is the boss. But yes. um but yeah, I'm I'm so grateful. And I remember my mom, even as, you know, once I hit 16 and, you know, I wanted to go to the makeup counter and I wanted to try foundations and concealers and all of these things. One of her greatest beauty tips was just like, highlight your best features. Mm. So if you've got high cheekbones, maybe add a little bit of blush. If you have great, beautiful eyelashes like you do, maybe a tiny bit of mascara, but you don't have to paint your face to, right. to highlight your yeah. best features. And, and I feel like to this day, I'm still sort of like what you're saying about exfoliating. I probably didn't start doing that till like a year ago. because yeah, I you just, have beautiful skin. Thanks. But it's just like, that's also because I think I've noticed my skin has looked better because I've just been exfoliating and yes. oil. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's been 100% Two key like, things. I'm like, yeah. my skin, my co- it's balanced out. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> I don't need to know how to contour up my ass. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> just have some glow. Um, yeah, and highlight those features. You know, we have two exfoliators within the Nikeo brand, and and I love exfoliating. I think it's a key step. I say, you know, you don't have to do it every day. I think it's best to do it, you know, two to three times a week. But I also say exfoliators should not 
hurt. Mm. You shouldn't look like you've just sort of beat up your skin Mm. in order to remove it. And so within my brand, we have um, two clean and green exfoliators. One, the Kenyan Coffee um, exfoliator that has Kenyan Coffee that really helps to sort of energize the skin and you know, give you that sort of lift and, you know, energy like drinking a cup of coffee mm-hmm. um, with Kenyan coffee. But we also have oils in there like shea and, and things that, and we've got really gentle exfoliation like jojoba beads, you know, so that you're not, you know, you're actually kind of hydrating your skin as you're removing that skin, like be gentle to your skin. And then another one, this is a great beauty secret that I learned is that women in China, um, save their rice water when they're done um, cooking rice and they use it to condition their hair and their skin. And if you think back to, you know, pictures of women that you see from China, they have the glowiest yeah. skin yeah. and the most gorgeous, gorgeous hair. hair. And huh. so I started playing with like my own rice water. And so because of that beauty secret, um, I incorporated a Chinese rice powder. So once again, it's like really, really minimal fine grains so it's great for sensitive skin that you just add water to or I like to add like a cleansing balm we have Mm -hmm. a cleansing balm and I add that to my um, regimen as well and that gives you a gentle exfoliation so that you're not your skin should never look red after you exfoliate you should never have little nicks or anything you should glow yeah, and so mm-hmm. that's a really great way um, when you're shopping for exfoliators. I love writing that one. By the way, yes. guys, that's not like if you've been cooking with sofrito and your rice. Just <laughs> right. so you know. Yes, no flavored rice. No rice. Just plain, keep it plain. plain. Yeah, They're keep your rice like organic and plain. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everybody's like using like right. saffron. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. No, plain, um, plain rice. Plain. We don't need yeah. to looking like muffins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I, I also want to acknowledge that there has been, this has been absolutely a journey for you. You know, you Mm -hmm. mentioned briefly a little while ago that you quit your job when you were 27 Mm -hmm. and now you're 45 and that, um, about a year ago, Nikeo started being offered at Ulta. Mm -hmm. So what has that looked like? That Mm. journey, the highs, the lows, you know, and what was that weight holds up moment for yeah. you, where you realize that this was a real possibility, but that you would need to sacrifice A yeah. through Z for it. Yeah. So um, I often say that there were a lot of start and stop moments mm-hmm. in um, my entrepreneurial and, and beauty journey. Um, you know, when I, um, at 27 years old, decided to leave my job, um, it was intentional. Um, in the way that I spent probably a good year doing research on the industry while I was still working a full-time job, staying up at night. Um, I used an old business business plan that I had from college as a roadmap to write a business plan. Um, I was very um, aware that as a new startup that, you know, especially as a woman of color, that finding financing and capital at that time um, would be very difficult to do. Um, so once the business plan was done and I was ready to, you know, I'd done my research, I had researched a local retailer that would take a chance on my brand, which was Ron Robinson Inc. For, at Fred Siegel here in Los Angeles. And he was really into the idea if he approved of the samples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a, there was a risk taking, obviously, in starting a new journey, but I did it with a plan. So I say that 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 was the first sort of weight hold up minute, you know, is just really going back and, and diving into, you know, the, you have the spirit and the drive um, and the instinct to do things, but really having a plan. So I did it. 
And the brand launched here at Ron Robinson Inc. and at Fred Siegel and then Jeffrey New York. And I really, you know, spent the next five to six years being um, the only person that really worked day to day on Nikeo um, as the founder, as sales, as shipping and receiving, packing boxes, um, researching retailers, cold calling retailers around the country. It was a great time for independent boutiques and things at that time um, and brands at that time, independent brands. Um and then ultimately what happened is it caught on and as the brand started to get more exposure on things like favorite thing lists on, on different television shows or, you know, in the magazines, what ultimately happened is that brand got bigger than I could do on my own. And although I had a little bit of capital from some sort of friends and family investors and had asked for help, I couldn't grow the business to where it needed to be. So I would say that the weight hold up was, wow, this thing is working and people are really interested in, and they're buying into the concept that, A, a woman of color can make products for w- all women. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably the biggest hurdle. And that, um, you know, I always constantly said skin is skin. Mm-hmm. At the time, the first few products that I made were bath and body, but I was really passionate about fighting the signs of aging and skincare. Knew that would take a lot of capital. And then as the brand got bigger and bigger and I was backordered on everything and I couldn't fulfill orders, I also knew that if I wanted to maintain the integrity of my grandmother's name um, and putting my na- her name and my name on this product, I couldn't be... I couldn't have poor customer service, i.e. we can't ship your product because I don't have any. So I had to take a step back um, and reevaluate what the next step would be. And that was heartbreaking because also at the time I was, you know, had gotten married, had my first child. This was my income. Um, So I needed to to work quickly to um, figure out the next step. So that was part one. Part two came in, you know, really trying to find you know, partners, future investors, people in the space that could, you know, as an entrepreneur, even when you have your own business, you can't do everything. You're not great at everything. You're not perfect at everything. I knew my strengths, which was being a founder, um, my passion about ingredients, my passion about clean and green ingredients and having these beauty stories. So I was able to find um, a partner at the time that was said, you know, we can't buy your brand. Um, You want to create skincare. We'll help you do that. Um, And I partnered with them in a licensing agreement. And so... That was great. I was able to then take it to HSN because I knew storytelling had to be such a huge part of this brand. People had to hear what it was about. They couldn't just see it. So I went on HSN, which was an incredible journey and a whole other story, um, and did that for a year. But after that year, I needed, I wanted and craved um, and manifested partners that were also really deeply committed to, you know, skin is skin, but this is, this journey is bigger than skin. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of footprint and impact um, is important to me that I'm making in the world, right? So this is my job and I love it and it's got its great days and it's got its challenging days, but but in Nikeo existing, how is it, you know, for lack of sounding cliche, changing, moving mm-hmm. the needle? And so I found my partners at Sundial Brands who were already in this space of working with community commerce, which is, you know, not just going in and saying, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, open a school, which is great um, for businesses and companies and, and individuals to do that. But by just opening a school, how is that helping them to create their own opportunities? So, for instance, they have a, a 
co-op in Ghana where they went in and irrigated a village with water because girls were spending their days fetching water. So if you irrigate the village, then there's no need for those girls to fetch water. They can go to school. Their mothers no longer have to fetch water. So then they trained them as, as artisans and manufacturers of African black soap and shea ingredients that we use across the Sundial brands. And then we now purchase those ingredients from them. So it's creating opportunity um, for these women to be their own bosses. Um, So, you know, I wanted partners that were were doing something like that. And because I wanted to ethically and sustainably source not just from Africa, but from all over the world, I needed partners with that capability. So part three came, you know, a couple of years ago when I partnered with Sundial Brands and then um, I also wanted it to live within a national retailer, um, somewhere where there were going to be a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people who were passionate about beauty walking in and out of the store. And and I also wanted to be with a company and a retailer that really supports women. And um, that answer was Ulta. And so we launched there a year ago. But, you know, I often say, like, you know, people will ask me, you know, when you have those fail moments, and I have like such a trigger to the word failure because I just believe that we have a lot of like stops and starts in our mm-hmm. lives and that quite often they lead to better opportunity. I say when my kids fall off their bike, when they're learning to ride a, ride a bike, I don't think they failed. Mm-hmm. I think it's get back up and try it again and try it again and eventually something's going to stick. So, Did you have an internal confidence that you think enabled you to continue to get back up or was it that tribe of women that you were talking about those like your home girls yeah I think encouraging you I think it's a combination of of all of it I mean I definitely think you know an entrepreneurial journey can be a really lonely journey so Mm -hmm. I was really blessed that not only um, do I have this incredible community of girlfriends and family um, that are such cheerleaders in my life, they're also the first to say, mm, I don't think that's going to work or I'm not responding to that. You know, having real um, honest, honest responses. Yeah, exactly. And, and being able to accept that, that, Absolutely. that constructive criticism. Because I know that's something that I've struggled with in the past as someone who works alone a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that then when you invite someone into your space, being able to say, Okay, you're not attacking me. Yeah. It's not an attack. It's not you personal. want me to be better. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're rooting for you. And so, so yeah, I think it's a combination of that. And as far as um, confidence or, or courage, you know, I think there's something really special. Um, I say this to a lot of women in a non-condescending way because sometimes I still think I'm 25 on the inside. But there's something really amazing about your 20s, especially mm. um, if you're still single. Um, you're just supporting yourself, right? Like you, you live in a city like Los Angeles. It's full of dreamers. So mm-hmm. you can basically say in LA, I want to do X, Y, Z. And it's completely acceptable. Yeah. I remember when I was leaving Oklahoma and I was turning down like sort of the, the jobs that were being offered to, you know, somebody graduated with a business degree, whether it be in pharmaceuticals or finance or whatever. And I said, no, I want to move to LA because I want to work in the entertainment industry. People thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. But then when you got to LA, like five minutes off the boat from Oklahoma, they were like, oh yeah, you want to, you want to be an agent one day? Okay, here, call this person you know so um so I think that too being in finding that sort of like-minded space or community not everybody can move to New York or LA but you know the great thing and I know this about Oklahoma like finding a group that supports young entrepreneurs etc and in your 20s you really have the opportunity to take those risks um it it doesn't mean that's the only time to start a business Mm -hmm. you know for me in my 30s it meant you know I'd started a family so your stakes are a little bit higher it's not just you know 
you living for you and, and, you know, you've got others to consider and, and support and raise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I'd say that my forties is when that true sort of self appreciation and love kicked in. You know, I don't know. I've, I remember hearing this or reading it in magazines when I was in my twenties and thirties and women would talk about something in yeah. your forties and I don't, you sort of just wake up and it's not that you don't care in a blase way, but you're just sort of like, I mean, what do I have to lose? Right. You know? Um, and so I'd say that in my forties, I'm, I'm more dedicated to, you know, really revisiting within myself, um, the reason for being in my career, um, as a friend, as a mom, et cetera. But I also think that, you know, even though maybe I would have taken bigger risks in my twenties, I think that my forties, um, have really allowed me to be, um, more conscious in mm. my thinking around, around business and, and more conscious around who it is that I'm doing this for. And it's not just me. Right. Right. That's beautiful. Thank you. I think there's something really important about your, mo- your motivation not being like money. Mm. right and that that not being the driving factor because obviously we all need to sustain ourselves that's a very real you have a family that's very real but I just think it's so much more rewarding when Mm -hmm. it's invested in something like a community Mm -hmm. because that community will respond absolutely to what you're doing absolutely and I wanted to ask when it came to you talked about raising financing and Mm -hmm. you know getting investors did you have anyone who led you through that process or was this like Google is my best friend? Yeah, I need to figure out because I think yes. that especially women, women of color in particular, yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to venture capital, let's, I don't even know the proper term is right. it venture capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Private right, equity. Private equity banks. All of that. It's like such a, a world that we are, we don't have access to. And we recognize as we get older, mm-hmm. it's because people have grown up in a system mm-hmm. that will introduce them to the right people. Yeah. yeah. And no. when you don't know it, mm-hmm. you're like the, the odd man, odd woman out. Absolutely. Right? And, it's, and it's great that you say that just because we have a lot of listeners that have so many great ideas and mm-hmm. it's, and so many even products that they, that they've created mm-hmm. and they, they're like, what do I do? Where do I go? And mm-hmm. they don't have people to guide them to be like, you need to create this. They didn't go to these amazing schools. So yeah, please share. Yeah. So, you know, when I first got um, financing, um, and I'm going to tie this back to relationships, um, you know, I always say lead with kindness, right? Mm-hmm. So you never know, you know, when you meet people, um, how they might come back in your life in some way, shape or form. Um, and if you're in business, um, I say do that times 10. So, um, I think for me, the initial financing, um, seat first seed money that I got to even make a product, um, came from relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, really not being afraid, being humble. Um, you know, I didn't have money to start my own business at all. I mean, I was barely making ends meet with my paycheck um, as an assistant in Hollywood. So that wasn't an option. I didn't have family money, et cetera. So I had to raise financing. And, you know, mind you, this is, you know, 2002, like we're like 10 years into the internet. So there wasn't a lot of, um, a lot of information for me, or at least I wasn't finding a lot of information online. So mine really boiled down to, and that's when I say like friends and family, Um, you know, relationships with, you know, family members who may say, I know someone, he works at a finance bank, she works at a small business association, et cetera. And that's really how I started was 
taking a lot of, you know, coffee meetings, stopping by people's offices with this business plan um, and saying, and it just, you know, I say you kiss a lot of frogs, but it just mm-hmm. takes, you know, one yes. Um, I got a maybe. And that maybe happened to be tied to somebody who was in the financial world who I didn't know, but liked the idea, liked what I had to say and, and liked our conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it started the first time. Then you grow within your industry. And so I always say like, don't get too comfortable in your space. You know, when you're, when you're working hard at what you do, there's very little time in the day, but you know, show up at industry events, you know, within, you know, and even if you're opening a restaurant, there's got to be some sort of restaurant business association or associations within your community Really get out there, and not in a cheesy way of networking, but really get out there and tell your story, right. um, because that's how you build your network of people. And so the second go round of financing for me really came from doing just that. You know, when I was in between the phases of Nikeo Phase One and Nikeo Phase Two, um, I had to make money. As I said, I had a child, and my husband's an artist, and we're a dual income household. There wasn't the option for me to be unemployed while I figured out my next yeah. step. And so because I was really passionate about staying in the same space, even if it couldn't be with my own brand, I had to A, get over it, that it wasn't about Nikeo, but then extend myself to others who were looking to start their own businesses. And so I sort of would consult for people here or there, and that would help me make money to live. And it also kept me sort of current in my industry, Mm. helping them, you know, building all those relationships from manufacturing to shipping to fulfillment houses those are all things I really learned out of the yellow pages and by meeting people you know um, that dates me but um, (laughs) but you know uh, those resources are money and time and time is money and so if I was able to help people sort of cut that next step in their own various dreams and businesses Mm -hmm. that was a way for me to sort of you know stay active um, be able to help others Um, I helped people write business plans for money. I, you know, I used all of that sort of, you know, knowledge that I gained over, I call like that first phase of being an entrepreneur, my version of grad school and, and use that to be able to sustain myself until I could find partners again. Um, and then, you know, when you get to what I call phase three, before I joined the Sundial Brands and I was out sort of shopping myself and, and my concept and my brand in a different way because before it was always about Africa and now I wanted to tackle the globe. Um, I, you know, same thing. It was relationships, you know, and, and once again, kissing a lot of frogs, you know, you go into a private equity, um, firm and yes, you've maybe done X, Y, D, Z and dollars and proven yourself in some ways. There's always going to be like 10 million more dollars that you need to make before they'll, they'll consider you. And so, and then also, you know, have your Mm -hmm. non-negotiables. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, you'll get offers for money with high interest rates or too much equity in your business. Don't give up too much equity off the bat. Um, You know, try to maintain, if possible, some more ownership so that you can have more of a voice in where they're taking your brand. Um, And, you know, now the world is different, especially um, I think there is a lot more attention being paid to um, I mean, women still need to get paid more and be financed more, mm-hmm. but there there is a lot more attention, especially today, um, in supporting women in business, supporting women of color in mm-hmm. business. Um, and so a lot more banks, don't be afraid of, you know, reaching out to somebody, cold emailing them on LinkedIn. You never know who's going to write you right. back, right? 
I love the idea also that in the process of building your business that you have developed resources that are valuable to other people. Mm-hmm. Because I think we forget that. I think that we forget mm-hmm. that like, you know, whether you've taken graphic design courses mm-hmm. or whether you can edit content. Yeah, and, or you have a podcast. Have a- like, I'd love to have a podcast, <laughs> but it's like so intimate. I'm like, how do you do it? How, where do you get the equipment? You know, like really giving, right. you know, that those are valuable, valuable resources. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they can be a bartering system yeah, too. Totally. And that's like that that space where it's like opening this up because sometimes it's going to be and women helping other women working that's together only way to do it yeah only way to do it you know I think that's one of the beauties of being in the beauty industry and you know I came from the entertainment world which can be you know I had I had you know really amazing mentors in that industry as well but you know it can be a place where people kind of break each other down from time to time um it's competitive you know etc whereas you know in beauty I you know, this industry is obviously saturated and competitive, but one experience that I've definitely had, and I say I ended up in the right career, is that I find that so many of the women that I admire that mentor me, young women starting out, like we're so supportive of one another mm-hmm. and our journeys. We use each other's products. We give feedback to each other. We support each other publicly on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly posting about my friends and their brands and and I, and I think that's the only way that we can operate and the only way we can win as yeah. women, definitely. Amen. I love that. And before we wrap up, there is something that I also wanted to just read. Um, last year, there was a study that came out that said that women of color are exposed ex- women of color are exposed to more harmful chemicals in their beauty products Mm -hmm. and that this is a direct result of like racist notions of beauty obviously Mm -hmm. particularly for women who have been relaxing their hair and putting all these chemicals in their hair Mm -hmm. but also whether it's whiteners and and things like that that Mm -hmm. people are using so I know that you said that you want your product to be universal Mm -hmm. and skin is skin but for for the women of color Mm -hmm. like what advice do you have for how they can better nurture themselves Mm -hmm. while still trying to feel like they're their best version of themselves as well absolutely well so I think one of the misconceptions and and you know I I grew up with this head of hair and this skin and um you know I think often um a lot of those whether they be treatments or products that are are catered to to us to women of color um, um, are made in a way to target results, right? So if you're talking about relaxer, for instance, it's about convenience. It's about not having to deal with, you know, textured hair that's hard to maintain. And those things are all true. Textured hair, regardless of the color of your skin, is, is a lot harder to deal with, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that I, I would say, first and foremost, um, for all women and women of color especially, is that we are living in such an amazing time for us to get the results we want, but with ingredients that won't harm us. Mm-hmm. If you look at companies, for instance, you know, within the Sundial portfolio, like Shea Moisture, they've been around for 25 years and, and have stood by clean and green ingredients that work on our textured hair, right? So you don't necessarily, and, and that are sold at reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. You know, Nikeo is more of a prestige brand, but I say prestige, meaning it's 22 to $49. It's not $200. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a woman of color as the founder of this brand and the face of this brand using ingredients from around the world. With also, I also have sensitive skin, eczema, um, I'm prone to discoloration, you know, things that, that every, lots of women battle. So 
there are companies like mine that are committed to delivering results-driven um, ingredients and products in a way, without using harmful chemicals mm-hmm. that have now, and, and listen, I know like for instance, when my mom, even though she was all about wellness living in this country, um, it was about convenience yeah. and you know, we used to have sort of segregated beauty aisles, right. For us. Yeah. So it was like, go there, get this, use it quickly, yeah. do it at home. It's cheap. Um, but now we live in such a different time where, you know, all across the gamut and the other misconception that women of color have that I'm constantly harping about is that there's this belief because we have more natural SPF in our skin that we don't need to wear sunscreen or we don't need sunscreen every day. And I think that you're seeing more and more people of color having melanoma. So wear sunscreen every day. Very important for sure. And drink water. And drink water. I have sunscreen like in my bag everywhere Mm -hmm. I go just because sometimes I feel like you have to put on my arm, my face, Mm -hmm. my neck. You just never know. I think it's And driving in your car. People have realized that like most of the exposures that we get, especially in a place like California – is is through our windshield right. riding yes. around in the car so even our hands like some people mm-hmm. have those like michael jackson gloves while they're driving i've, I've seen like, those women in that's them, epic like, and i was like yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like what's going on i'm like if i could wear glitter gloves <laughs> yes. while i was driving. driving my kids to carpool yeah. <laughs> i'm so in you're so girl no one is stopping you right your yes best I, amazon michael jackson gloves coming <laughs> yes. too yeah now before we head out, what is your favorite product in your oh, line? It's so hard to pick between my I know, babies. it's like picking your babies. <laughs> I know, it is, it is. I love them all. Obviously, I spoke a lot about the Kenyan Coffee collection, and that, of course, um, is just where my heart really lies. But I'd say that my number one, I use it every single day product, is our Maracuja and Yangu face oil. Mm. Um, it's an oil that is all about rescuing dry, irritated skin. I call it the unicorn of the brand because it's naturally colored green. So it's naturally a color corrector. Whenever you add green to red, like the primary wheel, Mm -hmm. it helps to even out skin tone. It's great for flaky skin. It's great if you deal with redness. It's great if you deal with irritation and it just, you know, gives you this like glow. You can use it as a primer. You can use it for your split ends and it's made for your skin. But I use it in my hair, face, everything. So Maracuja and Yangu. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very, very high-quality cold-pressed oil where a lot of these high-quality cold-pressed oils that you find in department stores or online are anywhere ranging from, you know, $90 to $150. And this oil, because we manufacture all our products ourselves, we're able to keep the cost down, um, is only $42 at oh, all that's time. really good. So, yeah, check it out. Like, look at people's posts on Instagram. Like, people – and it's so fun. Like, I learn – from other people because we've been doing this campaign of like how do you use maracuja and so different influencers have been posting like my 10 ways or my five ways and I've been learning other ways to use this and I brought you some today girl my mom's gonna steal it you You can share a little guys I'll share I'll share I'll share I'll be generous fine um so what's next for the brands what's going on let us know where we can find you on your social absolutely so yeah so we just celebrated our first our first birthday at, at Ulta Beauty and that's really exciting um, I've been in the lab researching, you know, I've got many girlfriends that are like, when are you going to, when are you going to be inspired by my beauty secrets? So mm. I've been doing a lot of research on some ethical and sustainable ingredients across the world. I'm really into Australia right now. Um, and so I've been there. I love it. I have a lot of Aussie friends here in LA. There's so many Australians in There's LA. There's so many Australians. So many Australians. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, they, and they've got great skin. Um, so I've been researching a lot about Australia. So hopefully something coming soon from there. And, 
you know, right now I'm just, you know, really trying to spread the word, you know, even though it's, I say, don't be deceived. It's an Ulta Beauty and I've been doing this for, you know, over 15 years, but it's still a small brand that needs um, eyeballs and people to hear about it and learn about it and experience it. So right now I'm just spreading the word. Uh, and we're so love happy it. you came by to Me spread too. it. Thank and share the you love all. and share the secrets. I love it. I love <laughs> that you're right down the street and you can teach me how to have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Anytime. Awesome. Listen. Yes. And I will say like, our, the way that our government works at the FDA is that like some products who will say we're clean and green, like there's really no way for you to know. Like yeah. they're natural, organic. Yeah, they can yeah. really, in, particularly in our beauty world, mm-hmm. slap that label on anything. So I think that what's beautiful about what you have is that you are representing something that is so near and dear to your heart mm-hmm. that it is completely a representation of you, the Absolutely. secrets that you have. And that's the beauty of when you can find a brand that has a story, yeah. that yes. has integrity. Yeah. And, and re- yeah, read the labels. You know, one of the things I say, because there's so many, there's so many different ways to even say like vitamin names, right? Yeah. From a scientific perspective. So it is hard to figure out like, is that a good for me ingredient? It's not. Who has the time to like research every single thing on their box? So one of the things that I say to people and was really important to me in our packaging was let's just call out what we don't use. Use, yeah. Right. So people will often hear, you know, parabens. So we don't use parabens. We don't use phthalates. We don't use butylene glycol, formaldehyde. So we call out what we don't use. We call out what we stand for, which is cruelty free, vegan, gluten free. Those are all mm-hmm. terms that people know and you can read it. You can see it on the packaging. So be less concerned about with I don't know what all this means yeah. and pay attention when a brand, especially natural organics, a little bit more regulated, but natural, which is what we say we're a natural brand. Um, look at what they don't use yeah. as a good indicator and look at the results that you get. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thank again. you all. This was so much fun. Congrats on this. I'm so proud of you both and everything Aww. that you've achieved thank individually you. and love that you're doing this together. Thank, you so, thank you so much. And your Instagram for the brand? Oh, yes. Instagram. So Instagram for the brand is at Nikeo Beauty and I'll spell it as I have been my whole life. <laughs> it's N as in Nancy, Y-A-K-I-O Beauty. Beautiful. Love it. Follow her. Check out the products at Ulta. And we can't wait to show off our beautiful glowing faces. <laughs> Yay. We'll do like a little With Insta. Oil. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be super fun. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you all so much. Good this luck was so everything. much fun. Thank you. Thank you again to Nikeo for coming on the show with us today. That was so lovely. I love her stories and everything that she shared. I know. And I just think it's really cool because I feel like we all have like our grandmother's secrets or our family secrets. And it's so awesome how she's turned that into a beautiful business and how she wants to help empower other women and and men in, in that space. So Thank you again. And, you know, we just want to say thank you to everyone listening. And if you have any beauty secrets that you want to drop and share with us. From your abuela. From, from your, your abuela, mom. from your mom, from whomever <laughs> in your life. Definitely let us know. You could, as always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wait Holds Up Pod. Or email us at WaitHoldsUpPodcast at gmail.com. We've got a lot of surprises happening. We've got a lot of giveaways also on our Insta. So make sure to check it out. And, yeah, send us a message. Send us some love. What do you think if there's something that you'd like to chime in on on a subject that we talked about leave us also a review on itunes <laughs> yes please do please it helps people find us and we're just trying to get the word out about the podcast so continue to help us be the engine that can we people can find us by the more reviews that are left and the more ratings so we right. appreciate all of your support all your love we love you 
you. We love you. And if you haven't already signed up for our newsletter, you can find the link um, in our Instagram bio. We have a lot of events coming up that we want you guys oh, to yeah. be aware of. So follow and take care, y'all. We'll Bye. see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.